I'm Andrew Henry. I'm a native of Rochester, New York, actually a little town called Bloomfield. And I moved to Bloomington, Indiana in the summer of 2002 to attend the IU School of Music, now called the Jacobs School of Music. And I never left. So it's been it's been 20 years this summer for me here in Bloomington. That's amazing. And I finished school. I got married, started a family, founded a small business, and put down roots. My name is Lucas Weeks, and I was actually born in Bloomington, but it always feels to me like a bit of a curiosity because I uh, grew up overseas. My parents are missionaries, so I grew up in West and Central Africa, mostly in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and in the Ivory Coast. But my parents met here, and so we would often visit Bloomington. And so I, I was in and out of Bloomington growing up. I moved here also in 2002, shortly after Andrew did. I had done two years at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and I moved here. It took a few years off of college, and then I started at IU as a transfer student. Of course, very different feel than being at George Washington University, very different feel to be a transfer student than to come right out of high school. But I loved how big IU was. I thought it was fantastic because at that point in my life, I was ready to just take classes that interested me. And there are so many classes, lots of interesting majors, lots of interesting professors. There's some pretty terrible professors also. And some pretty (laughs) terrible majors. Yeah, And some pretty terrible majors. But if you can't find something interesting here at IU, I think the problem is probably you. But I love the ability to chart my own course. I eventually graduated with a degree in international studies with a minor in biology. And after being at IU, I spent three years getting trained to be a pastor. And then I was hired on here at Trinity Reformed Church, the church where I serve here in Bloomington. I met my wife here in Bloomington, and we have seven kids. I have no plans to go anywhere. Yep. My wife was a transfer student to IU. Oh, really? She came shortly after I graduated. So I uh, did a degree in music performance in viola from the IU School of Music. Uh, Also did an associate's degree in violin making and then started to do graduate work and then decided to stop doing graduate work. (laughs) And so I left my grad degree unfinished. And uh, my wife transferred to IU from Butler Ah, the summer after I stopped at IU. And so we actually met at Trinity Reformed Church. Okay. And now we have five kids. Nice. And it's been a wild ride. So what are we going to be talking about in this podcast? A couple things. We're going to talk about our experiences at IU. The good, the bad, the weird, the Hoosier experience. Yep. We're going to talk about IU itself, its history, what it's known for, both positively and negatively. A bit about the interplay between the town and the college, because yeah. there's a it's a it's an only a city of about eighty thousand people, and the university is literally half the population of the entire place. Right, and that right. creates some really interesting dynamics. It's not like other cities its size, because the Big Ten University changes everything. Yeah, it changes the dynamics. And we've been here for twenty years, each of us, and we've been students. We've been here after being a student. And so we got a lot of perspective on both the town and the university. We hope to open that up for our listeners. We also want to talk about ideas to help you if you're coming here for the first time, how to hit the ground running as a student, about making friends, meeting professors, making your way through college life at Indiana University. We also want to touch on places to go, things to do. We also want to talk about the church scene, and we'll touch on that in a later episode. And we'll conclude with just a discussion about what it means to put down roots here in Bloomington, Indiana. Who is this podcast for? Well, anyone who's interested in Indiana University or Bloomington, Indiana, of course, we'd love for you to to listen in. But we want to try to reach out to students who are planning to come here, especially. We want you to know that we are looking forward to you coming. 
But more than that, if you're coming here and you know that you need a place where you can grow spiritually and be part of a community, we want to reach out to you and tell you about Bloomington and Indiana University. So why are we doing this podcast? The short answer is we would love to meet you. We both attend Trinity Reformed Church on the west side of Bloomington. We love it. It's a mix of people of all ages. We have students and professors who are connected to the university, but we also have folks working in other industries here in town. We love IU students, and we would love to have the opportunity to welcome you into our homes, into our church, and into our town. So let's talk about the town. So Indiana was the 19th state to be admitted to the Union in 1816, and Bloomington was founded only two years later. In terms of the geography, southern Indiana is a lot more like Kentucky in terms of its hilliness. Northern Indiana is generally kind of flat, a lot of farmland. And the settlers who developed this lower part of the state were mostly not coming across the top from Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York. They were actually coming up through Tennessee, Kentucky from places like Virginia and the Carolinas. And so Indiana has kind of an interesting southern flavor. It is a central dead center Midwest state, but a lot of the culture of Southern Indiana is more Southern than the actual location on the map might suggest. Mm -hmm. Coming here from upstate New York, Bloomington seemed like a completely different thing. At that point, I don't think I'd ever been to the deep South. I've been to the deep South since, and clearly it's a totally different thing too, but the flavor of Bloomington was noticeably different. And I was looking at other colleges, mostly in big cities. So I was looking at colleges, music schools in Boston, in Cleveland, in Rochester at the Eastman School. Mm-hmm. And then I came to IU and it's a huge wide open campus mm-hmm. with tons of trees, tons of fields, it's tons beautiful. of green space. Yep. Yep. I loved it. Yep. It was so much better than riding <laughs> <laughs> riding on public transport in Boston. I just, I wanted, I wanted someplace where I would see a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other interesting thing to point out about what Andrew said about the start of the town and of the city is that really Indiana University and Bloomington, Indiana grew up together. The college was, or rather it was a seminary at the time, it was founded just a couple of years after the city was founded. And so the identity of the city and the university, you really cannot take one away from the other. They're they're really combined in in a special way. And in a lot of ways, the growth of the city has depended on the growth of the university. And the strength of the university has depended on it being here in the city. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of really interesting overlaps and also some tensions like the classic phrase townies and gownies. There definitely (laughs) are people at the university who are acutely aware that Bloomington is a generally very politically liberal city, blue, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a very deep red state. Yeah, And- That means that there's a pretty stark divide culturally and politically that pretty much bisects the town. Yeah. The east side of town is where the university is located. It's where most of the faculty, a lot of the staff, and most of the students live. Yeah. The west side of town is where more of the businesses, more of the non-university affiliated businesses are. Right. Because the east side, because there's so many students, there's so many seasonal people here. Right now it's summer. Yeah. And downtown is quiet. Right. But Bloomington for a city its size has a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars, a lot of rental housing, a lot of apartments and condos, a lot of things that you wouldn't find in that proportion in a town this size that didn't have the university. The yeah. west side of town has a lot more of the townies. Well, there's literally a interstate that divides the yes. town. So when we say east side, west side, we mean 
which side of the interstate you're on. Yeah, I-69, right? Yep. So you're now a small business owner here in Bloomington, Indiana, yes. just outside of Bloomington, yes. Indiana. So tell us a little bit about the industry, the economics of this town. Bloomington has had a variety of industries over the years. Southern Indiana is famous primarily for limestone. Yeah. Bedford, Indiana is called the limestone capital of the world. A lot of the major urban buildings in Major cities on the East Coast are built out of Indiana limestone, Empire State Building, et cetera. Yeah. And Indiana was also known for a lot of really, really high quality lumber, hardwood. Mm. But if you quarry a lot and you log a lot, those resources get depleted. Mm -hmm. And quarrying in particular is nowhere near as prominent an industry locally as it used to be. Right. But there are still quarries all over Southern Indiana. A lot of them are now popular swimming spots, although- that comes with some serious risks because like you can fall and there's also like big submerged boulders <laughs> that you in can't random see. places. No, it's, so, it's, it's legit. It's very dangerous. It's very fun if yeah. you're careful, but it's very dangerous to swim in a quarry. Quarry swimming is fun. Quarry yeah. cliff jumping is, is pretty risky. Yes. But Indiana has also had a number of pretty large companies. Bloomington has had some large industries. So like Westinghouse, GE, There were some large manufacturing facilities here that ran for a long time. Mm -hmm. And actually, there was a big deal in the late 20th century with a lot of environmental pollution, Mm -hmm. particularly from the Westinghouse plant that ended up with several places in Bloomington being ruled federal Superfund sites (laughs) because of contamination from chemicals and stuff that were being disposed of unsafely at those factories. Mm. That's all been cleaned up. Yeah, And those companies are basically no longer operating here. The big GE facility is was sold off a few years ago. The big company in town now is Cook Medical mm-hmm. and Catalent, which is an offshoot of Cook Medical. The Cook Group was founded here by mm-hmm. Bill Cook and has grown now to encompass a whole range of things. It spun off Cook Pharmaca, which became Catalent. And Catalent is heavily involved in vaccine manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And so obviously for the past two years, there has been- Their uh, revenues have done very well. There's no shortage of work <laughs> yeah. in that field. Yes. But Bloomington tends to have a couple of large businesses and then lots and lots of small locally owned things. A mm-hmm. lot of small, single single location, locally owned restaurants, a lot of unique little places. Yeah. And that gives it a really cool flavor. Like it's not just a town on the interstate that has you know, the five usual fast food restaurants and- that's it. Right. There's a lot of really unique stuff. And because Bloomington has a large percentage of out-of-state students, I think close to 40%, right, right. which is for a university, that's a wildly high number. Right. And we also have a lot of international students. So there is a really interesting and vibrant ethnic food mm-hmm. community in Bloomington. Like You can get some really, really great food of all different kinds right. all over town. It's a really fun place to eat. Yep. That's for sure. Like most colleges, the the political and cultural leanings of the faculty generally tend to skew pretty heavily left liberal. Southern Indiana, though, is generally very conservative, Republican, and that means that the cultural life of the town has two very different characters that exist side by side. And there are certain events, certain kinds of things that are popular with everybody, But there's also things that the townies do that the university doesn't like, and there's things that the university celebrates and promotes and has events for that the townies don't like. Right. And this has even been the subject of, you know, some songs and some films. There's a famous 1979 film called Breaking Away, Mm -hmm. which is about the IU Little 500, which is a 
bicycle track race. And it was typically dominated just by different teams of four riders, all drawn from the university. And the movie Breaking Away is about a crew of four townies who call themselves the Cutters. And they get invited to compete and they end up winning the little 500 in a, you know, neck to neck photo finish. You know, it's a feel, it's a feel good growing coming of age kind of movie, yeah. but it's set in Bloomington. It's filmed in Bloomington. I've been to the quarry where some of the iconic scenes from that film were shot and little five, as we call it, is a major event. It, unfortunately, it's the party weekend of yeah. the year, yeah. but it's also a, a neat piece of history of IU. Well, before we're done, let's talk about a few famous Bloomingtonians. Some famous Bloomingtonians that are worth mentioning, although I have to preface that list by saying we apologize for John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> you know, Andrew, Blo- Andrew's not a fan of Jack and I'm, Diane. I'm not a fan of Jack and Diane. Two yeah. American kids doing, I don't care. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even care. Um, you know, IU is famous for Bobby Knight. That's of one course. of the main things yeah. people think of Basketball. when they hear Bloomington, Bobby Knight. There's a few other people like uh, the famous songwriter, piano player, Hoagie Carmichael was born and grew up in Bloomington. He's famous for Stardust and Heart and Soul. You yeah. know, the dun, 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 da, 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 dun, 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 that one. Yep. yep. Um, also well-known by a certain crowd, David Lee Roth of Van Halen. Oh, man. I, Bloomington. I listened to some Van Halen for the first time. For the first I, time? Yes. Just I'm the sorry. other day, just to find out. <laughs> and I was not impressed. Uh, Mick, <laughs> Mick Foley, famous WWF, WWE. Um, and then Josh Bell is a fairly well-known native Bloomingtonian. He has been on faculty at the university before. He also was famous for playing the soundtrack to the film, The Red Violin. Hmm. But he grew up here locally. And he's a violinist. Is, yeah, he's yeah. a violinist, a well-known yeah. touring international violin soloist. Um, and so he's kind of a cultural person to note right. Bloomington. Right. We're going to have an episode that's mostly about IU and yeah. You can't understand IU without understanding IU athletics. Yeah. My first exposure to the term Hoosiers yeah. was actually the uh, the movie Hoosiers, yep, Gene Hackman. Yep. And I didn't know what a Hoosier was, and honestly, I still don't. <laughs> uh, the term Hoosier is how we refer to an Indiana resident. The term has been around for a long, long time, and mm. there's no real clear traceable history of when it first came into use or what it exactly means. But IU is the Hoosiers. You're right. Go Big Red. and IU athletics, particularly basketball, Mm. has shaped the culture and the goals of the university in a major way over the past 50 years. And Bobby Knight was the epitome of that expression of the university focusing an enormous amount of its attention and its money and its energy on athletics. Mm -hmm. IU is actually good in a number of areas. We have a multi-time NCAA championship soccer team. They've mm-hmm. been dominant for a long time. And actually, I think your dad played for Jerry Yegley, right? Yeah, that's right. My dad back in the 70s. That was back when it was, people referred to it as communist football. <laughs> 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 so, you know, he was playing with all the international students. I mean, when I was a, when I was an undergrad, I actually, I never went to a single IU basketball game. I've never been to one. Wow. The first couple of weeks I was in town or welcome week, as soon as classes started, IU had a bunch of freshmen, like they all t- invited us all to this, like the opening football game. And they took us to the, to the stadium and gave us all thunder sticks. And we sat in the stands and watched the IU football team just get massacred. And I'd never went to a football game after that, but I used to go to the soccer games and they were free. That's all great. you had to do was show a student ID and walk in. And our soccer team was killing it. Yep, they were awesome. Yep. So Indiana university is known for its athletics, 
It's got an internationally famous school of music. Mm-hmm. It's got a pretty famous Kelly School of Business. They have a lot of undergrad business students and a lot of MBAs. There's also some interesting cultural stuff. I use the home of the Kinsey Institute, which has largely shaped modern discussion of human sexuality and carries with it an enormous amount of baggage, which we will unpack in more detail in another episode. But Indiana University is a big and varied institution mm-hmm. with a lot of cool history, a lot of amazing things to see and learn, gorgeous campus, and it's in a really neat town. I'm really glad that I'm here. I thought about moving back to New York, and then I remembered some of the things that I didn't like about New York. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, the 18 inches of snow. Like, yeah. So we're excited for you to be here. We love being here, and we would love an opportunity to welcome you. So if you do get into town, don't hesitate to look us up. And we'll catch you on the next episode.